Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement. People who are committed to and showcase qualities of planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlei. I'm committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. I'm your host and creator of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And today, my guest is Charles Clay. Welcome, Charles. Yes, pleasure to be here, brother. It's great to see you again. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's very great to have you. Charles is a men's empowerment coach, a dynamic speaker, published author and founder of Empowered Men's Group, training and masterminds. He also created a roadmap to self-mastery, helping men and also women conquer anxiety and subconscious blocks to manifest their dream life with ease. And so we'll be talking about all of this today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you, as I just said. Likewise, brother. It's great to be here. Um, Man, so many reasons to celebrate, and it's good to see you again. You look great. Yeah. Since we last met, you, you've had a baby, and you know, you're growing a family, and you're just adding to the joy of, of your life. Maybe give us a little bit of um, an intro to yourself, and just you know, get, get my listeners and this audience to, um, to learn with you today in our episode. Sure. Yeah, my, my background has been in kinesiology, and uh, basically body wizardry. And I got one of my big awakenings um, right out of college, became a personal trainer and health coach, and then broke my back snowboarding. And that was a big um, game changer for me when you're faced with doctors saying you're going to need multiple surgeries and um, you might never move the same again. And so that was a, a really pivotal point in my life because I chose to follow my intuition and um, self-healing. And in a deep meditation, um, I set the intention of finding answers to healing this naturally. And much like the story of like Joe Dispenza and um, some of these greats that are bridging science and spirituality, I was able to uh, come across um, neurokinetic therapy. And this has been a revolutionary tool and method that I got to study under David Weinstock. And in one session, I was 90% better. And I, and I walked in like a mess. Had, like my hip was, you know, over to the left. My upper body was to the other side. And I looked like Shakira, like stuck in a mid-hip dance move. And so when I got off the table and felt in alignment again, it was like this, this huge aha moment of, okay, this is my path. And um, it's given me some amazing tools that, um, opened up even more on um, that journey of self-healing, um, combining ancient practices with state-of-the-art technology, and um, just getting answers from the body as to the root cause of aches, pains, injuries, um, and uh, as well as our deepest wounds. And that led me to some powerful work in uh, men's circles, and then later creating some of my own to allow for an expansion of this healing that's available to us. And um, so that's, that's kind of uh, the nutshell. And then um, recently, um, I've dove into an inner peace process that has been really powerful for unlocking a lot of the subconscious blocks that keep us from showing up in our creator consciousness over consumer. So yeah, very exciting, very exciting <laughs> topic, I think. You know, all of us are consistently pulled into creating, um, and then there's this 
the entire society around us built on consumption and so it's it's quite the it's quite the i wouldn't want to call it a battle but it's it uh, requires a lot of willpower and there's there's a lot we can learn from each other but charles i'd first love to like put my finger into this you know um this topic of men's work and out of the you know the the self-healing and the healing journey you've been on both on a physical as well as on like uh you know an intellectual emotional level like where where would you say the, the role and importance of men's work really really landed for you and and maybe lands for other men listening right now mm -hmm. yeah pretty early on i uh, remember a chapter of just whenever my stuff would come up my I, you know get hit with uh emotional charge i would go off to my man cave and like try to process it myself and do it all on my own and i'm sure a lot of guys can relate to this because because i didn't want to be seen um, i used to think like sadness was a sign of weakness and showing tears and and so these old beliefs that um i got to unfold through that and then actually have the courage to ask for help when i needed it was when um that really opened me up to what was what was possible with uh a man with a group of men that are all able to hold a safe container to express, to share, to be seen, heard. And, mm -hmm. and, um, it, I was really blown away by the first time I experienced that and, <clears throat> and the level of healing that was possible there. And so just felt super received by that. And so, um, I instantly felt called to create those type of containers and dove deep into, my studies with that and um, creating that level of transformation and just allowing for people to be in a safe place to express fully what's coming up for them, what's real instead of the, hey, how you doing? I'm good, even though inside you're really not good, you know? And so um, for me to experience that, my as background in kinesiology it's all through experiential um you know moments for me that have really um, unlocked a lot of the gifts and so right now this this time in the world is so key and profound to have access to these containers where you can feel safe to share what's been holding you back what's currently coming up for you what's what's on your heart that's been weighing you down. And, and it's amazing what happens um, when this space is held properly. And um, so I just remember leaving that container, just feeling so lit up and just light, you know, and like sometimes I wouldn't even need to share much, you know, in a men's group, I would s simply listen and learn so many golden nuggets from others in the, in the arena and so i feel like because we're all on this this ride together experiencing the same things but in our own perspectives um mm -hmm. coming together in that way is it's it's there's this beautiful synergy and magic that can come from that for some deep level healing and it's needed now more than ever with what's going on in the world absolutely like talk about you know the lone wolf kind of syndrome maybe you know being amplified by people sitting in front of the screens more, but maybe having an excuse to not go outside by not meeting other people or by, by, by simply not being exposed to new environments as much as we maybe were in, in, 
you know, in years prior to 2020. And so, yeah, I can absolutely relate that anytime I've been exposed or been part of a very, um, like a, a vital and, and kind of a live men's uh, container or like a men's work, which basically means like a group of men that come together and, you know, show up fully and who they are, both the gifts and the shadows. There is some, some magic that shows up that I believe, you know, is, is a fundamental pivot, pivot piece to building a society that allows people to thrive is when males move from competition into collaboration and all of the chains uh, of, of what happens, you know, the, the, the former chains where we've been, been, been chained to when they kind of open. Um, maybe, maybe if it comes to mind, I always love anecdotes, uh, you know, in a podcast, it's, it's just very fitting. If there is anything that comes up for you, any story or any, um, anything you can share, please feel free to do so. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, combining the self-healing journey I've been on and all the golden nuggets I've gained from that. And then into a container, being able to express, share and trade was like, a huge um, acceleration in my evolution. And, and now I've creating those containers, I get to witness that in others. And it's, it's beautiful to go from, you know, this mentality of like competition that we've been drilled in so hard, you know, that it's, it is unconscious. It's not even, it's a conditioned response a lot of times. And then to step back, zoom out and notice that, wow, there's a lot of ease and flow here with uh, cooperation, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, I can think of me personally, um, finally sitting with, you know, um, the feelings of like jealousy and envy of, you know, like comparison, right? It can be the, the biggest thief of all joy. And so um, instead of just avoiding it or pushing it away, it's like, you know, I put on like a lens of curiosity. Like, let's see here. I haven't, ex I haven't felt jealousy and, and envy in a long time. Like, let's see what's here. And so I took it through this emotional intelligence journaling process that I created and found like this, these simple golden nuggets lying at the depths of these heavy emotions. And it was, <laughs> we're all showing each other what's possible. You know, we're all reminding each other what's possible. And like the fact that someone has something that, that I want is awesome. And like by sitting in the depths of that emotion, allowing that to move and then taking this golden nugget from it of like, oh, wow, I'm actually really happy for this person. Thank you for reminding me what's possible. And then it's like, boom, then I attract it. And it creates this, you know, cooperative synergy um, whereas a lot of people get stuck in, okay, the mind's watching this feeling of jealousy and it feels really uncomfortable. And so then a lot of times it's like, instead of going to the depths of that and seeing what the root of it is or learning the golden nuggets, it's like the mind's like, okay, what program can we resort to that will solve this right now, this uncomfortable feeling? And it's like, go to the fridge get food, fill it, you know, go on Facebook or go get Netflix, like anything to escape this uncomfortable feeling when we're missing out on the best part, <laughs> you know, like there's gold nuggets in every, even grief, you know, I see in our society, it's like, um, we just haven't been taught how to move through and, and the level of emotional intelligence is possible when um, we realize it's all happening for us and that there's so much to learn self-discovery and the depths of these heavy emotions that allow for so much healing because then when we go there in this process it's like 
wow, I understood where this began and I get to give love to that part of myself. And then all of a sudden I go back to the old coping mechanism of, you know, needing to resort to food or alcohol or Netflix. And all of a sudden there's less magnetism towards it. And it's really interesting phenomenon. It's like, oh, I don't even need that anymore because you've just freed up and literally witnessed this energy finally metabolize in your system. And, and then it creates more space for, you know, what you want to create and your vision and energy for, you know, creator consciousness instead of consuming. And so that's been a beautiful path that, um, that I get to share in the empowered men's group training and seeing some huge transformation in the men, like really stepping up in their gifts and, um, their, their passions that, they felt kind of like stuck in, you know, because of these old addictive patterns that were, um, you know, and then every time it's like, oh, I can choose consumption or I can choose self-discovery in this inner peace process and uncover why this is happening and then allow the magnetism to fade between that coping mechanism. Such a cool phenomenon um, and allows for some massive transformation. And it's, it's really been a gift. Hmm. well talk about energy not being able to be destroyed but only transformed right mm -hmm. if we if you look at this um we zoom out and we look at it well we can zoom in and look at it through the individual's perspective and the individual transformation but then we can zoom out and see the collective legacy that that sits in this transformational work both in, in men's work or you know women's circles or just like healing as a, a topic now, when we compare this to the state of our world and, you know, uh, political systems or economical systems or simply the systems that run our society, the, the, state, the state of, you know, our planetary well-being. Now, we suddenly see that this exact same transformational work in some way, shape or other will need to emerge and rise for us to make space for a world that does work for everyone. Yep. Absolutely. So, one of, the, one of the notions that I believe is really vital there is, is the idea and the feeling and the experience of trust mm -hmm. and moving, you know, this is often said in, in transformational circles, like moving at the speed of trust, being okay that we can only move forward as much as we actually trust each other. Mm -hmm. So on that note, Charles, like for you as a person and then maybe for you in the work you're doing, what is required to experience and feel trust? Yeah, great question. I couldn't agree more. And and a lot of people share about, oh, you just need to surrender, you know, just let it go, just surrender. Well, yeah, a prerequisite for surrendering is trust, right? And so, um, and we can actually train our, like work out our trust muscle. And, um, and the way I've been able to teach this in the past is so simple. It's the agreements and the commitments that we make. Every time we're setting those, it's, so important to follow through on that because if we're not we're literally chipping away at our integrity our self-trust and our confidence and so it was really fascinating you know i'll share my story years ago i was always a man of my word like a lot of pride and hey if i said i was going to be there i'll show up whether it's helping you move or whatever you need right and and i would always show up and yet i started noticing these little agreements and commitments that i was making with myself that I was not holding fully. And it would be something as simple as like, okay, I'm texting and driving too much. I'm gonna cut this out for a month, right? And 
And then uh, uh, like a couple days in, here I am doing it again, like unconsciously, right? And then I, you know, the voice would be like, ah, it's no big deal. Like you're good at it now, whatever, and kind of blow it off, right? And then I started seeing where I was doing that elsewhere. And that chipping away of self-trust is huge because then when we go to do something big, like it's, I need to create this and I get this strong intuitive hit that like, this is what I need to show up for. Then all of a sudden, guess what shows up really fast? The self-doubt, right? And so one of the best ways to quiet the self-doubt voice is by flexing that self-trust muscle. And that can be as simple as like, okay, I'm going to go one day without texting and driving, you know? And then boom, I accomplish that, celebrate my victory, positive reinforcement encourages more of that behavior. So then I would go two days and so on and so forth. So I feel like so many people, especially coming up on like New Year's and stuff, um, set these big, hairy, audacious goals. And then like they're a part of them just talks them into the old pattern like really quickly. And then it's like, boom, just lost trust again. And so baby steps in that and building that trust again back is like really setting concrete agreements timelines to them you know just like smart goals mm -hmm. and yet really making sure it's attainable so that each time even if it's just going a day without sugar you know that you accomplish that goal you get to celebrate in a healthy way reinforce that new neural pathway and then it becomes easier and you're building momentum and then you're building self-trust and confidence and integrity and then when you go to do the big thing you know whether it's like okay i'm gonna write this book or you know, I'm going to show up for um, this big project, then it's like self-doubt can take a back seat because you've already built the self-trust necessary to show up for that. And so that confidence um, is exuded and you embody it so much easier when yeah, you those agreements. That was a very clear and concise way to, you know, track the journey of self-trust and how much of the self-trust and that, as you said, like the flex muscle or the, the trained muscle memory of self-trust actually influences the way we look at bigger, at bigger things. And yeah, I'm going to let that sink in. I like what you said there. This, this is really powerful. You know, everyone has a vice or two. They may be that small, as you said, like eating an extra piece of chocolate. Um, but in some way or other, it, it actually, changes the magnetism of our big dreams of our real purpose of our goals of our of our you know what what actually drives our journey absolutely so on that note you know in terms of big dreams and big purpose like how do you you know how have you developed this anxiety free way of continuously returning to optimism um if it's for the state of the world or for life or for bringing children into this world um I'm, I'm definitely curious about optimism and like you know how it shapes in some people and how it doesn't in others and so what's your, yeah. what's your secret Charles yeah great question um you know it's a choice and and all of our uh, belief systems will show up in one way or another in our experience right so if we believe that the world isn't safe then you'll find tons of evidence that the world isn't safe right and yet if um, if you're dealing with something like anxiety or overwhelm or um, intense fear, then taking this journey of self-discovery and this, this inner peace process allows you to uncover what part of you is really stuck in that loop still, 
that created a belief that no longer serves you, right? And that is showing up in your reality now and it's all happening for you so that you know where to look and then you start connecting the dots with the heavy emotions associated with it, where it shows up in our body, that's all giving us information and then connecting to where it first began, where that weed first began growing in the garden and how to pull that and plant some new seeds. And so one of those seeds that I planted at the beginning of diving into this work, this inner work and noticing huge shifts in my, in my reality was that, man, I'm fully supported. Like I have the earth under my feet. Like Mother Gaia is always showing us examples of abundance, you know? And the more we take care of her with simple things like composting and, and you know, um, just the more we take care of the mother that's been taking care of us, then it's just this beautiful reciprocal altruism that keeps coming back. And it's evidence for me of the abundance that's always available to us, the support that's right under our feet. And, you know, just this deep, this deep knowing that everything's happening for us as opposed to to us. And that was a game changer for me because it's one thing to say it, but then to really like embody that and feel that just like many people talk about, yeah, have an attitude of gratitude. That's great. You can talk about what you're grateful for, but do you take the time to like really breathe that in your heart? what you're grateful for and feel that gratitude in every single cell of your body and invite that to expand. Then you're really tapping into the power of gratitude and that can elevate your state. Um, if you're just saying affirmations over and over again and you're not feeling into it, then you're missing out on the best part. And so mm. um, when I planted that seed and just this deep recognition that it's all happening for me and I could even appease the left brain and the voice that's like, oh, well, this, that, and the other thing, all these terrible things that have happened to me. And it's like every so-called terrible thing has led to amazing gifts, including, you know, getting, breaking my back up snowboarding. You know, that was like, um, that led me to a huge awakening and, and unleashing some of these amazing gifts. And I think that's, that everyone can relate to that in one way or another. Oh, least. yeah. I mean, as a, you know, as a species and on the mm -hmm. planet, like think about, that awakening we're having right now about what you know some people call climate change or we could call the great pollution or you know just just the way we've created an impact on this planet it's it's so devastating that it's consistently bad news but once we allow it to inform ourselves once we allow ourselves to feel the feelings that come with this and we realize you know what you just sh shared it it reminds me of one of my personal um you know i'm going to just share personal like internal notions for this abundance that's happening for me as me through me mm -hmm. is the sun is well it's not even technically rising it's eclipsing you know that yeah. every every day like we are rotating around the sun and the sun is rotating around a black hole and there's nothing i'm doing or any other human being i know or don't know is doing for this and so maybe that's a little abstract for some people but if you if you think this through the sun is what you know allows life on this planet and the interplay between you know, light and dark and, and, and oxygen and et cetera, and, and photosynthesis. So, so that trust, that optimism never goes away because guess what? There is another day. There's another yeah. day. And so even as a species, I think this is very much our journey that you're describing here is to find that optimism, to find that gratitude and also to find that gratitude in the most dire moments mm -hmm. or, or at least that focus 
right? That focus to be like, okay, this is a pretty dire moment. It's like right before midnight, um, but that actually can mobilize us. Mm -hmm. Totally. And that deep understanding of that, that, that shift, that recognition of, you know, this is all happening for me, even when the biggest storms come, you know, like the, the biggest challenges, the heaviest emotions were hit with having this deep rooted belief and evidence all the way up to where you are now that that's all happening for you, that there's something to gain from this, like some amazing lessons and blessings. And then knowing that allows you to navigate the storm easier. You know, it's like, cool, I'm turning on my reticular activation to what can I learn from this and what's here for me. And so it doesn't mean that we're bypassing any of the feelings or, you know, not sitting with heavy emotions, but it's like, now you have a lens at which, yeah, I can see why this is happening faster. And that's one of the few shortcuts I know of in life is when going through challenges, like finding why it's happening for you, like looking for these golden nuggets that you can find the lessons and blessings in it, allow you to move through it with more ease and grace. And um, instead of like kicking and screaming and fighting, you know, we've all tried that. <laughs> that's one way too. And that's, there's no wrong or right. It's, it's simply, um, I choose ease and grace these days. And, and so when my challenges come, I'm like, Ooh, whoo, I'm getting hit hard right now. This is something good is going to come from this on the other end, you know, like, and it really turns my um, reticular activation on my radar system to like, what can I learn from this? What, what can I gain from this? And then, so that allows me to find the eye of the storm and pick out what's important as opposed to being caught up in it. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I have a next question for you. And, you know, I, I just said a little earlier, you, um, you recently had a child. And so I'm curious, Charles, from, your perspective on the education system. So, you know, if you could single-handedly or with a group of experts change the education system at large, like what would you do? Mm, great question. Um, you know, again, I think it starts with baby steps and just like, you know, the, the work I do with coaching, it's first taking a look at what's working and what's not working and getting real honest and coming to the truth about, you know, whatever is working, great. Let's double down on that. How can we implement more of that? And what isn't working, cool. Maybe we can um, create some new systems, um, you know, find some new ways. And so I feel like, um, you know, with that, there's all kinds of, you know, even with everything going on in the world right now, there's a lot of organization, a lot of like, um, communities that are coming together and offering you know homeschool but at a at a hybrid version you know it's like mm -hmm. you know a neighbor is it's tuesday she's having you know all the kids homeschooled at her place for a couple hours today and and um and that allows for a lot of more community interaction um that trust can be built you know, and, and I think that is a great place to start, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Um, having, creating that type of situation where it's more options in your community, local like that, to allow for um, kids to come together and 
and and perhaps a whole new curriculum. <laughs> you know, so much has changed. Um, what can we learn from history? And also, here's some important life skills that that we were never taught in our high school. You know, totally. And and um, you know, that's a long list. So. I think that's one place, place but as you said, no pun intended, baby steps, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, let me flip that question around on you then. I, you know, I'm curious now that you've, you know, you've learned to ride with challenges and all of these different things that you teach, that you share and, and you know, that you embody, what would be something that you'd pass on to yourself at a younger age? Like, let's just randomly say like, you know, you today sit down with the 15 year old version of, of yourself like mm -hmm. it would be like a, a golden nugget um that you pass on the way you like if you know this piece if you know how to truly embody it things change yeah yeah great question um you know i do sit down with my 15 year old self often and um that's part of the process that I, that i teach and um so i can share even recently um, just giving permission to to feel and heal what's real instead of needing to push it away because it's uncomfortable, you know, because I, I spent a lot of my teenage years like, you know, in this this realm of like the spectrum of emotions, you know, I don't want to feel any worse than this. And then I can only feel this good. And so by going to the depths of grief and of sadness and actually exploring there allowed me to reach a new capacity of bliss, of pleasure, of joy and laughter on the other end of the scale that is always worth it. You know, it's always worth it. Mm -hmm, so totally, yeah. I, I'd encourage that. And it takes courage to go there to those depths and actually sit with it, feel it and heal it. And it's always worth it. And so, um, yeah, I've actually um, got to sit with my inner 15 year old during around uh, tax time. <laughs> I could see he was like, uh, the system, you know? And so, up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like where this money's going. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, it was literally like me, current self, getting the whole space for my younger self and like walking him through that and, and acknowledging that. Yeah, he's got a strong, valid point. <laughs> you know? yeah so. i mean especially in the tax question i think there's a it's it's not the last iteration of how taxation works hopefully so we'll have to keep we'll have to keep right. molding that clay that one day we, you know it, it, it right. works out a little better but i like what you're saying there again i'm going to make the the comparison to you know the bigger picture the 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 world as it's happening you know on, on this shared planet there's something about being okay with looking at the devastation of our environment, of, you know, the loss of species, the, the, you know, the plastic age, the pollution age, where well, we're definitely still kind of in, but we're just kind of edging out of, right? Because mm -hmm. our innovation now and, and our consciousness at large is much more interconnected and the level of innovation we're able to create is way beyond this. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you on this. When I'm allowing myself to feel how dire it is, or, you know, in, in a more esoteric w w way, like if I allow myself to feel what the planet is feeling, mm -hmm. allow myself to connect with the grief that Gaia is holding, mm -hmm. both for the devastation of ecosystems, but then also of species, including our own species. Like if we think of, you know, how humans have treated humans in the last, just in the last 200 years, mm -hmm. there's a lot of pain there. 
Yeah. And for me personally, when I go there, you know, if it's a, looking at some of the horrible um, pollution that's, that, that's being created by companies and countries and us as people consuming, when I go there, even though it's dire and dark on the other side of it, and this is, this might be a, you know, like almost like a, like a paradox, but it allows me to be much more optimistic and connected to innovators mm-hmm. because all of the innovators I know and I've met, they've had to feel that pain first in order to connect right. with the idea. Right. Yeah. That's alchemy. And pain is such a great teacher, right? I've sat with that as well because we can't ignore it anymore. You know, what's going on in the world and how we've been treating the planet and one another. And so world peace starts with inner peace. And what's great about now is more and more people are waking up to the fact that these corporations and organizations that have not been in the best interest of earth or humanity for that matter are crumbling. They're, the truth is <laughs> revealed. And so they are not sustainable anymore. And a lot of them are, are collapsing like a house of cards right now. And so what's beautiful about that is that now we get to build everything from here forth on the foundation of what's in the greatest and highest interest for you, me, humanity, all living beings, including and especially Mother Earth. And so that if you're not creating something from that place, that foundation of the best interest for all, then it won't last. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the golden nuggets that I gained with sitting with the pain of Mother Earth and everything we've put her through. And 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 again, like you said, all of a sudden that turns me my attention onto all the solutions, right? And the little things that we can do that make a big difference. You know, from using less plastic to um, having these discussions and like talk, you know, connecting with more um, solution-oriented badasses doing big things and visionaries in the world, you know, so that we can co-create a better world. I love it, Charles. This is my my last question goes right into that trench. And it's to understand your visionary, you know, sentiment and dream for the planet and our species and, um, you know, the interplay of the planet and our species. So if we were to zoom out for uh, about seven generations on the timeline, you know, us being ancestors for the future, what's Mm -hmm. your earth vision? What's the dream that's in you, their brother? Yes. This is my favorite question. <laughs> I, I often ask this, you know, at dinner parties and stuff, because it's a great place to put our focus on. You know, in my opinion, it's, it's probably the best right now because everything's collapsing. We've created a new way. And so my vision is I totally believe that world peace is possible. And that's why my work's so important right now, even if it's, you know, with people doing great things in the world that just need a little bit of alignment to make sure they're operating from a space of their heart connected to the mind. So that this becomes a beautiful instrument in creation as opposed to the master, then um, world peace starts with inner peace. And so the more we can come back to that in ourselves, then we'll experience more of that in the world and create more of that. And it perpetuates, right? So it's this, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's amazing what's possible. Um, and so my vision is the same corners that you might pull up to at a red light and see some homeless brothers and sisters there with signs. 
that same corner can be filled with a garden full of abundant life and amazing vegetables and flowers that these same brothers and sisters could be tending to and stewards of the land and, and sharing, you know, and so that's just one glimpse of my vision for our future in the golden age that we get to co-create. Powerful. I like it a lot. Let's let, let, let's have that sink in and may it be so because, you know, um, that's a very strong statement you made there that you believe in world peace and you believe in, in, you know, in, in us unraveling the knot of confusion from before and rewiring it in a way that actually serves the yeah. planet, the people, and, and, and us in an interplay with other species. Yeah. So our natural state, peace, joy, it's we get to take a good look at and move through what's in the way of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Collectively. <laughs> Thank you so much, Charles, for your time, for your insights. Uh, if there's anything else you'd love to share, feel free to jump in. I'm, I'm super stoked to have you. Oh, man, this is always a pleasure connecting with you, brother, and I'm happy to be a part of this and I'm excited for what's to come. And anyone that, that feels like um, they're ready for this type of work or wants to expand on their inner peace journey, um, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, this is, um, we're all in this together. So even if it's not with me, I have amazing resources if it's not fully aligned to send people so just having the courage to ask for help and support mm -hmm. right now is a huge step in in our evolution so yeah thank you so much mm -hmm. absolutely I hope you truly enjoyed this one. You took some insights away, something you can apply for your own life or something you want to share with a friend. If you truly enjoy Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, the episodes I make and the guests and interview partners I feature, make sure to subscribe, leave a review on the podcast on your favorite app on Spotify or Apple podcast, share it with a friend. And if you feel inspired, make sure to support this podcast. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with me, leave a monthly recurring financial support on anchor.fm or simply in the show notes of this episode, wherever you're tuning into. This podcast is really just about to get started featuring, showcasing and gathering some of the most badass planetary change makers that are making this the regenerative decade on planet Earth. Wherever you are in the world, have yourself a stellar day.